Hello there. Welcome to our podcast series, Diversity Dividend, looking at prominent female fund managers in Africa. In this first episode, I'm chatting to Dr. Omobola Johnson and Andrea Tumuforo from TLCom Capital about their paths to VC, gender diversity in the African tech investing space, and the role women can play in the African venture capital landscape. This podcast series was produced with the financial support of the European Union under EDF Thematic Blending and Cotonou. We hope you enjoy it. So let's start at the beginning. I asked Omobola and Andreata about their backgrounds and how they came to the VC world. Let's hear Andreata's story first. So I grew up in Zimbabwe, uh, which is where I did my, my high school and my primary school education. And then I got an opportunity uh, to go to the U.S. to, to study uh, for my undergraduate. So I studied, I went to Grinnell College uh, in the middle of, <laughs> of, uh, of Iowa and um, studied economics uh, as my first degree. After that, I, um, I got a job in uh, New York City uh, working in economic consulting. And, uh, and then I, I started to think about, okay, what is it that I want to do with my life and what am I really passionate about? And then I at which point I decided I'm more interested in, you know, private sector development, Africa, and then I applied to business school. I went to Stanford uh, Graduate School of Business, uh, where I where I studied for two years. And then after that, I made my way back to to Africa, which was my intent actually at the time when I was applying. And then I so I went to I worked in at the African Development Bank, uh, looking at the bank's investments into private equity funds. And then I. And then I moved to Kenya and worked in finance uh, advisory, M&A advisory. And then I joined Telcom in 20, 2013. And here's what Omar Bola tells us. I'm an engineer by education, uh, worked in Accenture, the global management consulting firm for 25 years. Five of those with the country MD. Uh, was Minister of Communication Technology in Nigeria for four years. And uh, after that, I joined Telcom Capital as a, as a partner and part of the investment committee. And what drew me to this space was my time in government, because one of the things that we were, one of the pillars of the newly formed Ministry of Communication Technology was to um, support, accelerate uh, the development of technology entrepreneurship, because this is an area that was fledgling, but emerging and growing very fast. So this is really where my interest started in, in tech entrepreneurship and tech VC. And in the course of my time as minister, I met Maurizio, uh, Maurizio Cow, who is a founding managing partner of TLCom. And he was looking at Africa, uh, having seen the recent upside in some investments they'd made and looking to raise a fund in Africa. So it was at this point that I guess uh, our vision was aligned. He was very much very keen on raising the fund for Africa and investing in tech companies in Africa. I had, in the four years that I was minister, really seen uh, some really outstanding technology entrepreneurs, tech tech-based entrepreneurs, and uh, also wanted to be very much involved in that in that field because I felt I could help. My consulting background, uh, my the time I spent as minister, I really felt I could help not only to raise or uh, to, um, uh, what's the word, that? to amplify the narrative on the, um, on the importance of tech entrepreneurship and really seeking out tech entrepreneurs, but also to you know, get my hands dirty and invest in tech entrepreneurs, uh, technology companies as well. So Maurizio and I and my visions were aligned and I agreed to join TLCom shortly after I left government. 
Now, having served four years as Nigeria's Minister of Communication Technology, Omobola has an unusual string to her bow, which not many fund managers share. It would be wrong not to touch upon her stint in government, so here's what she had to say about her experience as a woman coming into a high-profile government role in the tech space. There are not that many female ministers, and this was really the fulfilment of a campaign promise by the president at that time. So, you know, there were lots of obstacles around, you know, why was I being chosen? I was not a politician. I was not, uh, you know, I hadn't contributed to the, um, uh, to, to the, to the winning of the elections by President Jonathan. So that, that was there. Um, but also, you know, I was also given a fairly, what I'd call a, um, a hard ministry. It was communication technology. It was not a soft ministry. And of course, as you know, comms tech, Technology in general is a very male-dominated field. So there were some initial obstacles, I would say, in that space in the sense of, you know, whether or not I was qualified to take that position, either from terms of my political antecedents or even my, um, you know, my, 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 not being a, uh, my not being a male. But I think, to be honest, I think those are very quickly dissipated because um, the way that I chose to work was very inclusive, inclusive of both female and, uh, and men. The way that I chose to work was bringing to bear on the ministry all of my skills as uh, as a consultant in a legion management consultant firm, and also you know I was uh, you know I led Accenture for five years, so all of those things came to play. But having said that, Gabriella, I did have a very uh, strong um, gender agenda, if I can call it that. So there were many programs that we started that were very much focused on females in technology, encouraging young women. In, uh, in, into STEM careers. So I had a platform. And while, you know, I didn't want to spend time worrying about whether or not I'd be accepted at the, on that platform, what I really wanted to do was to use that platform as a means to amplify the fact that we needed more women in tech and more women in, uh, in, in tech entrepreneurship as well. And, I, and I, think I, I think I did that. When coming to the VC space, both women, and in fact TLCOM as a firm, feel it's crucial to be intentional about being accessible to female entrepreneurs. Omobola has her say on the topic. Wherever I am, I must have a female agenda that I'm pursuing. Even before I came into government, I was a founding member of an, of an NGO called WIMBIS, Women in Management and Business, whose mission was to elevate the profile and influence of women in management in Nigeria. And so when I came into TLCOM and we started talking about the fact that there are not enough female entrepreneurs in our deal, in our deal pipeline, we need to do something about that. Because really, the, the, the thing is, unless you are intentional and deliberate about getting more females into any sphere, it's never going to happen. So I very happily started working with my team, uh, the team in TLCOM, in ensuring that we got a better pipeline of, uh, of female entrepreneurs and, uh, you know, better access uh, of female entrepreneurs and really getting them to think that actually this, here's a VC firm that will fund me if I have a good project. I don't, I don't have to worry about the fact that I'm not, I'm not a male. I'm not the sort of typical person that VC investing, but because there are female partners in this VC firm, then at least I stand a chance in, in, in getting heard. Andreata agrees that having women at the helm of the firm helps to attract female founders. My, in our team at Tielcom, there's myself and uh, Omobola in terms of the investment team who are, who are female partners. So, you know, we're capable, we're competent, and we bring that uh, to the table as we, you know, interact with with entrepreneurs and also bring a different perspective. Uh, then there's also the piece around, I think, uh, attracting female founders as well, because I'm, I think uh, female founders are also able to, they's a, they feel more comfortable or more connection when they're, they, there's something familiar that they can relate with, um, 
not saying, of course, that, you know, female founders can't go and talk to an all-male team, but I think there is just a comfort that comes when, if you as a VC team, you put, um, you, you put you you make a statement within your own team that you appreciate diversity so that welcomes other people you know into here we're talking about gender from a different gender to approach you uh, so I think that helps in 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 that respect so at TLcom how are specific decisions made around who to invest in the one thing that we do have is this um, it's a fairly egalitarian approach to the way that we work you know where there are four of us and every single person's voice counts and every single person's vote counts. So we don't have a sort of majority wins the day. It's, you know, if we decide to invest in the company, all four of us have decided to invest in the company. And that really helps in the sense that, you know, when the company fails or succeeds, then we can all say that we were part of the decision. Not, it's not somebody saying, well, you, you made the decision and, you, and, and it's failed, or you made the decision and it succeeded. The TLCom team are very conscious about their well-balanced management credentials and are specific in how they present themselves a mix of female and male, African and non-African team members. They feel this gives the firm more credibility than many other players. You know, there are two, two women, Andriata and myself. Uh, we are the two Africans, two African women, and they're two, um, two white males. Again, I think that that's worked quite well. Um, I, I, for instance, you know, we know when it's important for us to have um, Andriata and I speak or be at the forefront uh, we know when it's important for it to be uh, Ido and um, and Maurizio. But I think we, what we also do know is we know when it's important that it's Ido and myself that needs to be in the forefront or Andreata, Maurizio, or any combination of, of the four of us. So we play that gender card quite well. Uh, we have a very strong um, uh, uh, commitment to developing female entrepreneurs. And I think that commitment, the, the, the market believes in that commitment because they see a VC firm with two female partners who are just as, you know, well compensated, they're just as visible, they're just as um, competent as our two male partners. And so I think for us, when we talk about the female entrepreneurship ecosystem, we talk about our commitment to female entrepreneurs, the market believes us and the market trusts us. And I think that's really very, that's really very important because we're trying very hard. The whole industry is trying very hard um, to, to get more female entrepreneurs into the deal flow. And we have the the greatest credibility because we have 50% of our, our partners are female. And when you add our IC, you know, we've got one female and one male IC member, and that's a 50% uh, 50% as well. So we have a lot more um, validation, credibility than many other VC funds. Do women bring a different perspective to investment decisions? Th there's not a unique perspective to invest in. I think what I bring is my own special you know, context of having worked in Nigeria and a tech company for many years, haven't been in government. And I bring that context regardless of my, of my gender. I think what is, it's more around managing portfolio companies. And I think for me, that's where the difference will come or the different, the difference comes. I think that, you know, as a female investor, I have a very different view of how to manage a founder that maybe has gone, you know, has gone awry or, you know, or maybe there's a difficult relationship. I think I come with a very different perspective than a male would. Um, whether that's good or bad, I don't know. It's just different. And sometimes the outcome has shown that that difference is actually, is actually good sometimes. Um, I think that, uh, you know, being, being a woman and a, and a VC, I come with a different perspective, particularly when we, when I sit on the boards of our portfolio companies, uh, as it is when I sit on boards of other non-portfolio companies. I think there's a very different female perspective or gender perspective that I bring to the, to the tables. Are there enough women in the VC space? 
No, they are not. Uh, and I think, so in VC, one can say it's an early ecosystem, but even if you look in private equity, there's still not very many female fund managers, right? So one can be around how do you attract more female fund managers? Uh, so to join other teams or to start their own funds, and then how do you retain them as well? So it's really about how do you remove some of those biases, conscious or unconscious, uh, that that make teams not higher, you know, have more balanced, uh, have more balanced team. And then when you have female fund managers on on, uh, on your team, how do you create a conducive environment for them to be able to thrive and a path where they can actually grow? Uh, because yes, you may come in, but then once you get inside the firm, you're not able to grow. Like there's not a career path for growth because of, you know, maybe some gender bias uh, or even just an environment that's not conducive to some of the, to some of the um, responsibilities that women have, right? So, so, so there's, yeah, so there's quite a, a number of things you, you know, to think about, uh, but, but really, no, there are not enough uh, female fund managers on the continent. There aren't. Uh, no, there aren't. Um, it's still very much a male-dominated field. Uh, even, you know, whether it's uh, as female VC partners, I don't know what the percentage is, but it's not very high. Whether it's in terms of female um, uh, entrepreneurs, it's not very high. I mean, despite all the efforts that we make, we have two female founders in our portfolio, in our current portfolio of 11, 11 companies. So that's, you know, that's sort of, um, I don't know, 20, 20%, just under 20%, very low. And and that's and and that's and that's us that makes a really concerted effort to go look for these female founders and, and invest in them. So it's still very low. There's a lot of work that needs to be done, and it needs to be done at every single level. It needs to be done in terms of, you know, um, you know the kind of things you do now, boot camps that are you know that are female only to bring them into a safe space where they can actually talk about their ideas, helping them to to be more confident in their pitches helping them to be more confident in the way that they look at the finances of their business, because many women tend to shy away from this, helping them to develop their own unique characteristics. You don't have to be an alpha male to be successful in VC. Bring your best, you know, bring your female agenda, your female perspectives, just helping them to understand that that's, there's nothing wrong with that. So there's a lot of work to be done. And I know that there's work that is being done by many VCs, uh, you know, including ourselves, but also many of the incubators, accelerators, uh, many of the stakeholders uh, in in in, uh, in the whole sort of tech VC ecosystem, there's there's a tremendous amount of work to be done to get more female to get more female founders, and it's not about getting more female founders as a you know as a sort of numeric uh, you know numeric objective. It's about ensuring that there's better representation all across the board because if we're building an industry or an ecosystem that is not aware or cognizant of the fact that it is not properly representative of the world that they are serving or the consumers they're serving, the, the world that they live in, they're going to be gaps and they're going to be things that we're missing. So it's not so much about a number that we're trying to achieve, but it's more about trying to get to the point of ensuring that we have representation that allows us to build more holistic and more robust and more sustainable uh, ecosystems and more sustainable and more successful companies. Are there ceilings for women preventing them from progressing in the VC world? And what needs to be done to encourage more women into the VC space? Uh, I mean, it's a global issue. Little, little, if we step aside from Africa, <laughs> let's just look on a global level. Like, you know, many reports are, you know, being written and studies are being done. It's a, it's a real global issue around how to get more 
women into the investment space. So, I mean, some thoughts that come to mind uh, for me, I think one is around the investors, so the investors into funds, they can, they can also hold funds more accountable, right? Uh, in terms of, can you hire more female managers on your team? And this is not just to fill a quarter, but to find competent female managers who are there and who exist, right? Uh, because I think when you think about it, it's, it's almost a pyramid. So at the bottom, you probably have Many females were maybe analysts, associates, and principal. But as you get to the top in terms of pat- partners, the the funnel starts to to become really small. So I think one one thing can be one one um, one way to to try solve for this can be around you know the investors into these funds holding them more accountable for more for more diversity, and also it's for the best interest of the investors, right? Because you know studies are showing that more balanced team perform better. So, so it's, it's, it's good for them from a return perspective, and then it's good for them, you know, from just a social impact uh, perspective as well. That was Andreata. Now over to Omabola. It's, it's tough. It's, it's very much a man's world. And, you know, you, you have to sort of work twice as hard and, you know, be twice as good to be a successful female partner in, in, the, world of, in the world of VC. So I think there's a role for, you know, the venture capital firms to also play. And that is, you know, the kind of things that were done for me when I was in Accenture. There's a much more deliberate and intentional uh, uh, effort to ensure that, you know, women that show promise are given, you know, stretch assignments, they're given more visibility, they're mentored, that's very, very important. They are role models that they can look up to, they, they have people that they can speak to about their careers. And I think doing that in a fairly structured manner in the world of, of VC is important for us to get more women coming up the ladder and being partners in, in, uh, in venture capital firms. And the more female partners we have in these VC firms, the more likely it is that we'll get more, more female founders. It, it's kind of virtuous, a virtuous circle, to be honest. Andreata says one key issue is pipeline. She says around 15 to 20% of founders TLCOM invests in are female, despite actively making efforts to seek out female founders. More needs to be done to encourage female founders to build up the pipeline from the beginning up. Omobola has a few words to add. When you look at the profile of the male founders, not many of them are, you know, computer engineers or computer scientists or network engineers. These are just people that are, you know, they have great business ideas and they execute on those business ideas. So first of all, is getting out the, the narrative. And I use that word quite a lot, I know, is getting out the narrative that you don't, number one, you don't have to be a tech person to have a tech-enabled business, but you should understand technology. And number two is, you know, and that's for the female entrepreneurs, but number two is really going down to the bottom of the ladder and getting more women to get into this world of tech very early on, that they understand the potential of technology, the power of technology, and they can begin to think about business ideas that have technology front and center in what they do, because that's the way, you know, that's the way the world is going. So if you're starting a business that doesn't think about tech enablement, then, you know, it's not going to get very far, to be honest. And to be able to think about tech enablement, you've got to be exposed to technology very early on. So when I'm talking about teaching girls to code and teaching them about computers, it's not so much about wanting them to be computer engineers or computer scientists. That would be great. But it's about getting them to understand the role that technology plays in developing, scaling, or starting a business. I think that's really the most important thing. So does more female VCs mean more female entrepreneurs? Back to Omobola. I strongly believe that the more female partners we have in, in, in VC firms, 
the more female founders will have. Because it's about, you know, like attracting like. If people, if, if female founders are, are seeing that there are more VC firms that have, you know, female partners, they, they just see that, look, I, I stand a chance because there's another female who understands the way that I, that I think, who is probably more committed to getting a female fund in her portfolio. And so I stand a better chance, uh, you know, of, of being, of being funded than in the past. So I think it is a virtuous cycle. To what extent should gender lens investing be implemented by African VCs? Here's Omobola. Um, you know, it's, it's not a word that I like particularly because I don't want anybody to think that, you know, I've got the funding because I'm a woman. What I would rather they say is that, you know, I've got the funding because I have, this is a great business. I'm a great founder. I know how to build a great team. And, you know, I've been mentored and supported to ensure that all the things that, you know, a VC is looking for that I didn't have because I didn't quite understand, I have them now and I was able to make a successful pitch. So for me, that gender lens, I, I don't think so because I, I don't want us to get into a point where, and it, and it does happen where, for instance, we've had some potential investors we've spoken with saying they wanted to give us a target that your portfolio must have a certain percentage of female founders. That constrains us. Because what it means is that you, you may end up bringing in female founders that are not as strong as the male founders just because you're trying to meet a target percentage. But I don't, I don't really want that. I, I don't want to play that card. What I want them to say to us is that we want to see that you're making a deliberate, intentional, committed effort to find female founders, support female entrepreneurs, and ensure that they're in your portfolio. And that's what we're doing. We have a you know, female founders summit every year. We're mentoring female founders. I'm speaking with them you know, on, a, on a regular basis and just coaching them, mentoring them to be successful. So if that's what you call a gender lens, I'm fine with that. But if a gender lens is having targets around you know, uh, quotas for female founders in portfolios, I would say no, because you know, we, we just tend to then, I think we demean, you know, we, we demean the female entrepreneurs and we just, we don't let them think that you're just as good as a man. We let them think that, well, you know, we, we gave you this card because we had a, we had a quota to fill. Andreata agrees it's not about forced quotas, but about ensuring top female founded companies aren't being missed. The idea there is uh, not to, not to have a quota uh, of saying, okay, we've checked the box, we've invested in a female founder. No, but it's looking for female founders who are just as capable, capable because they are. And, uh, and, 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 but you need to be proactive to make sure that your pipeline is wide enough to be able to capture these, um, these, these the, the female founders, right? Let's end with some advice directly from Andreata and Omobola for young women hoping to enter the entrepreneurship and investing spaces in Africa. Here's Andreata. I would say, you know, this is a very exciting time to be alive. Uh, if you think about, um, you know, what's happening within globally and then what's happening also in Africa around uh, technology, entrepreneurship and innovation. So, you know, really to, to try and take, if this is your interest area, to, to jump in with both feet, uh, learn as much as you can. And, uh, you know, if your desire is to be a fund manager, if your desire is to be an entrepreneur, you know, give it a try. Uh, yeah. And, and, and learn. I think sometimes as young people, and also I think when I think about the African culture, the concept of failure is something that's really looked down upon. Uh, so I think many people are deterred from say entrepreneurship, uh, because they think that they will fail, but in practice, you know, there's always something that you learn. Uh, it's never truly, you know, it never amounts to nothing. You've learned something and then you get up and then you try, you, you do something else as well. 
And the very last word goes to Omar Bola. You've got to be ready to work hard. You've got to be ready to be, uh, you don't go in with, with a female agenda. You've got to be ready to be inclusive. You've got to be ready to have, to find men that will also support you and mentor you and, and, you know, build a network of men as well as, as well as women. You've got to be, uh, you know, ready to be, um, to be visible and to allow your voice to be heard and to amplify that voice in any way, in any way that you can. You've got to be ready to show that you're just as good uh, in every aspect of your of your business, whether it is finding companies, whether it is uh, looking at financials, you know, whether it is standing up and making a pitch and being confident, I, I think it's just letting you know younger females know that there is no there are no shortcuts. There are no shortcuts. Unfortunately, you may have to work twice as hard as the men, and that's fine. But you know, if you do that, you're really paving the way for other women to be able to you know walk the path that you walked. I, I hope that. In the journey that I've I've um, I've walked, I hope that the things that I've done and the way that I've done them has made it easier for um, you know for the world to see that well we have a you know we've had a successful from the minister, a successful head of Accenture in Nigeria, uh, hopefully a successful VC. So you know there are you know women can be successful in this particular role. So I hope that that's what I've done, and I would encourage other women to to look at their journeys like that. I'm working this journey. I'm working walk walking this path and ensuring that it's easier for other women coming behind me. Thanks for listening, and please join us again for episode two, where I'll be talking to Takumbo Ishmael of Alithea Capital. Bye.